Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Welcome to the Anxiety Coaches Podcast, a relaxing and informative show where we explore anxiety, panic, and PTSD, sharing how you can overcome them for life. To the Anxiety Coaches Podcast. In today's episode, I'm talking about what we could be doing to make anxiety worse. So, you know, that's something we don't want to be falling into, but we might not be aware of some of the things that we're doing that may be causing our anxiety to be worse than it needs to be. And when we're finding our way out of anxiety, we tend to start finding these little places that I'm going to talk about. So let's see where we're at. Have you ever wondered if you might be unwittingly making your anxiety worse? I mean, it's something to think about. What am I doing? Often we're very outwardly focused and We can see how other circumstances or people or things that are happening might be causing us to ramp our anxiety up, but maybe there's some things that we're involved with ourselves that are causing us to have more stress than we need. One of the reasons that anxiety is so hard to move beyond is because it's self-sustaining. It is a cycle. And we keep the fire burning by our reactions. So it is very self-sustaining. So many people experience anxiety symptoms that cause them more anxiety, right? Just the symptom alone can ramp up your own anxiety and start you off on a bunch of what-if thinking. And many other people find that their thoughts and feelings make them avoid things that would otherwise help improve the way they feel. So it can be a real downward spiral or a long trip down the wormhole by us self-sustaining the anxiety and avoiding things that could actually improve our lives. There's so many ways to be adding to your stress and to your anxiety. And the only way we can make any changes in those behaviors is by bringing our awareness to our actions. And so what does this mean, bringing our awareness to our actions? You hear me talk about awareness all the time. We need to be aware and awareness is the first step out. And so what is this, bringing awareness to our actions? What I really mean by this is by practicing mindfulness. And the more that we can practice mindfulness in the small little places in our days, the easier it will be to be mindful or aware more often and during the more stressful times in our lives. Mindfulness truly is one of the cornerstones in moving beyond anxiety, panic as a way of life. It really has to be 
practiced and want you to become so comfortable and familiar with it. So remember, being mindful is not something that we do compulsively now, because that would be stressful, right? So you don't have to go 90 miles an hour with this mindful thing. Just try some small mindful breaks in your day to reignite your practice of being aware. Now, I have had people that I've worked with that actually you can get stuck. You can go too far. Like I said, you don't need to go 90 miles an hour with this. You don't have to be aware of every single thing, right? We want to just be able to have moments of mindfulness so that we can be more aware in those moments of where we're at. So here's some examples. You know, being mindful, again, we don't want to do this compulsively, but we do want to practice it. Again, it's not all or nothing. We want to stay away from that. We want to find the middle path. It's like Goldilocks, right? It's it, This one's too hot. This one's too cold. We want to find the middle path. So try some of these on for size and see how they might work for you. The first one I have written down here is I'd used this one a lot when I was very anxious, pausing while in the car. Because the car was stressful for me, sometimes the driving would be uh, stressful. So instead of rushing, bring your focus inward at the stoplights. That can be your place of pause. Now, you can sit there and while you wait, you're sitting upright already and you're still, you're in the car, you can't be running away or doing something else. Just take as many slow breaths while letting your exhale be longer and slower while you're there at the light. The real benefits come when your anxiety and stress feel like they're taking up the whole car, right? You could be already stressed out in the car. It feels like anxiety is a balloon that blew up the size of the inside of the car and you're being squeezed. So that's perfect. That's your time to practice. You're at a stoplight. You feel uncomfortable. I remember that feeling. I would get almost a kind of vertigo from the cars going by that were turning in front of me. And I could, I had to be so I couldn't look at them. Like it was, it would dizzy, it would make me feel dizzy. So I learned to pause in the car at the stoplights. Instead of watching the cars whizzing by, I just kept my soft gaze on the light, and I did some slow breaths, letting myself relax just for those few moments while I was waiting for the light to change. I hope you will give it a try. The second one I have written down for you is to journal. Yep, I said it again. It's tattooed on my arm or something because I just keep saying journal. But I really want you to get your spinning thoughts out of your head and to put them on paper or type them out on your phone or computer. Nothing fancy, just being aware of what the mind is coming up with and giving it a new place to live. You can remove it from your mind, put it on paper, or put it in your phone, like I said, or your computer, but do get them out of your head. Putting them on paper is important to have them be able to be seen by you. 
It's one thing to have them in your mind going around, but when you look at them on paper, it looks a little different. So maybe you could try that. Maybe you could get some of these thoughts out, these spinning, repetitive thoughts, and see what they look like to you with fresh eyes. Another one I have written down for you is to leave your phone alone. Give yourself some space in your day without your phone. Let the call go to voicemail if it rings. Let the text and the email wait. Maybe you could have a set time where you didn't use your phone, where you put it away for an hour or half a day or a whole day, whatever you can come up with. But give yourself some space without the phone. When you come out of your no phone space, you can handle all the calls, the texts, the emails, etc. that come, and you can handle them then from a more calm and centered space. The reason I feel so compelled to talk about this is because we don't give ourselves that space. We act like we have to have the phone with us all the time because something might come in, someone might need us. It becomes a compulsion. It doesn't need us. We could be in the shower. We could be in the operating room, whatever. We don't have to be answering the texts and the calls and the emails all the time. I think this is a good one for me to practice too. So I'm going to try this more with you guys because I swear to goodness that email and the phone sometimes, it's just like too much going on all at once. So let's give ourselves, let's do this together, guys, and give ourselves some space in the day without the phone. Have you tried one skin for your skincare routine yet? I love the simplicity of these products and the medical grade ingredients in them, not to mention how easily they fit into my skincare routine. The OS1 Face Moisturizer and OS1 Eye Cream make skin look visibly smoother and clearer and immediately feel softer and more hydrated. The secret is One Skin's proprietary OS1 peptide. It's the first ingredient proven to switch off the aging cells that cause lines, wrinkles, and thinning skin, and several studies back it up. So if you're tired of cycling through ineffective skincare trends and overcomplicated routines, then I'm so excited to share with you One Skin, just simple, scientifically validated solutions. OneSkin is the world's first longevity company. By focusing on the cellular aspects of aging, OneSkin keeps your skin looking and acting younger for longer. Get started today with 15% off using code ACP at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with code ACP. After your purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Please support our show and tell them we sent you. And another one I have written down, the fourth one I have here for you is to give yourself the luxury of focus. Let yourself focus on one thing at a time for a set period of time. So what I mean by that, if you're writing, write. If you're walking, walk. If you're eating, eat. Practice just doing one thing. This has come up for me lately too. 
because I found when I'm walking, I am listening either to another podcast or a book or something. And I kind of was missing that quiet time, that blank time. I was kind of jealous of people who are in the water swimming or surfing because they're not listening to anything. So actually, I like walking more than swimming, but it made me want to think maybe I should just be getting in the water. And I said, wait a minute, all I have to do is just not put those earphones on and listen to anything. I'm in control here. So what about you? Can you focus on one thing at a time? Maybe it's your eating. Maybe it would be nice to have one meal a day where you ate in silence and you enjoyed just eating. Doesn't have to be a fancy meditation. It doesn't have to be a fancy focus or something you got to remember. Just enjoy the meal while doing nothing else but eating the meal. Way back when, way longer than I would care to admit even, I took an art therapy course. It was actually, I think it was 12 weeks long at Stella Maris that was near my home. And that was my first experience of eating in silence. It was every Wednesday, I believe, and we would go in the morning, we would make our art. And then at lunch, we would eat in silence. We would eat together all at the same table, but we would eat in silence. And then in the afternoon, we would process our art, meaning we would talk about it and discuss it and take the deeper meaning out of our artwork. And that was so amazing to me. And it really deepened my yearning for more peace and quiet to have that meal in silence while I was with other people was incredible. And to have such a long journey with it, like I said, this wasn't like a a weekend thing. We did this every week for, I believe it was 12 weeks. And was an awesome practice that has never, uh, I still remember it as if I did it yesterday. So when you're walking, walk, when you're eating, eat, and when you're writing in your journal, write in your journal. Let's do one thing at a time. It's a luxury to be able to focus like that. Okay, so let's get on here now to some of the things that you may be doing to make your anxiety worse. First thing I have here for you is over-consuming the news. Oh, this is a tough one because we kind of want to jump into it. And then we find out it doesn't feel so good after we've listened to too much of it. So the key word here is over-consuming. And this dose of news will be different for everyone. Although staying informed is incredibly important, it's equally important to know when you need a break. Set aside some time for yourself that is news-free. Now, Another one I have for you is to see if you are moving through your days at top speed. That is a really good way to be ramping up your stress and anxiety. And I don't mean when you're out jogging or running or exercising, but moving through your days at top speed, going from this to that, to this, to that, you know what I'm talking about. I would like you to try to slow down. Just the act of slowing down will send a message to the brain from your body and back to your body again, because the message goes both ways, from the brain to the body and from the body to the brain, 
that everything is okay. When you are shifting around back and forth and moving too quickly, it feels like there is too much stress, that there is a problem, that there is danger. So try to slow down. The next one is, I'm wondering if you are trying to suppress your anxious or ruminating thoughts. That can really work against you. Thought suppression is a psychological phenomenon that states that when you try to avoid having a thought, you actually have the thought more often than if you never bothered trying to avoid it at all. So just drop that. There is no need to suppress these anxious thoughts, these ruminating thoughts, the intrusive thoughts. Don't have to suppress them or change them out of your mind. Let them float through. They come, they go. Let them. Another one I have is oversleeping or avoiding sleep. This, again, it's both ends of the spectrum here. We need to find the middle ground. You don't want to be sleeping too much. Sleep is a depressant and it can make you feel groggy and uh, out of sorts, which then makes you feel anxious because you wonder why you feel like that. And on goes the cycle. But we also want to make sure that you do go and get your sleep. Some people avoid sleep. They stay up way too late at night. I hear many stories of people purposefully being up very late, one to o'clock in the morning, on purpose, watching things or being on the phone. So just check that out. See if you can adjust that and find the middle ground. Another thing that you might be having trouble with and could be causing you more stress is if you have poor boundaries. And this can happen from actually being a people pleaser or being caught in your anxiety to the point where you are in that fawn state that we talked about, or that please state that we talked about a couple of episodes ago. So check that out too. Another thing that you could be doing to harm yourself is being hard on yourself. I want you to learn to have self-compassion. Keeping anxiety to yourself is another problem. By, you know, going around telling everyone you're okay when you're not, find someone to talk with about your anxiety. Maybe it's not your spouse. Maybe it's not your person that you live with. Find someone that you can discuss your anxiety with that will not judge you. Some other points here are fighting with what is versus accepting. Like when there's a problem in front of us, we can't just push it aside but we don't want to fight with it. We we have to accept that it is there and then do our best with it. And our best is all we can do. Some other things, and I'm going to go through these a little bit more quickly, are seeking reassurance from safe people constantly. Watch that. Inability to say no and keep yourself in perpetual overwhelm. Watch that. Be on your own side. If you need to say no, say no, because otherwise you will be overwhelmed. If you are keeping busy at all costs and never letting yourself rest for the sake of resting, that could be adding to your anxiety. Avoidance. Do you avoid the things that you suspect might make you uncomfortable? 
I want you to learn that discomfort is okay and that you can handle it. It's not life-threatening and we don't need to trigger our amygdala just because we are uncomfortable. Anxiety is a cumulative problem. The more you experience, the more anxious you feel, even if those kinds of experiences are unrelated. So what I mean is it's damaging to your anxiety clearing then if you do things that cause stress on purpose, even if they don't seem related. For example, and this is common, watching horror movies and dramas on TV, these activities may be exciting and really interesting, but they also stimulate anxiety. And unfortunately, when you allow yourself to be subjected to that type of anxiety, you tend to experience more anxiety later on in other areas of your life. And these are not things that you will need to be doing daily to live a full life so you can let them go. What I mean is you don't need to watch horror movies and dramas to live a full life. So try letting them go for now until you are long past your anxiety and panic. And this also goes for caffeine. The physical response to caffeine is the same physical response you create with fear. So while you may be happy and feeling safe and secure sipping on your coffee or nibbling on your chocolate, you are adding the physical response that is akin to being in a fearful situation. Remember, caffeine mimics the fight or flight response, making it possible to become anxious about situations that would not normally influence you. Let's also remember that it's not just anxiety either. It's all negative emotions. Some people like to listen to sad music when they're stressed, but often that simply causes the emotion to be worse since music tends to inspire emotions. And while music choices are usually something we can control, keep in mind that listening to happy and upbeat music inspires happier emotions. Be aware and check in with yourself to see that you're avoiding activities that create more anxiety. There is simply very little benefit from purposefully adding anxiety and negative emotions into your life. We can do this. We can add more peace and calm and heal from our anxiety panic, but we do have to pay attention to what we're doing. And now for today's quote. The truth you believe and cling to makes you unavailable to hear anything new. And that's from Pema Chodron. I'll be back in a few more days with another podcast. Until then, be well and aloha. Thanks so much for joining us for today's episode of the Anxiety Coaches Podcast. Find more information at the anxietycoachespodcast.com.